You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hey guys, welcome back to the show and my top 20 countdown for best K-pop, J-pop, and C-pop releases of February 2022. The usual caveats apply. I listen to literally hundreds of new releases every single month, watch hundreds of new videos every month, so to narrow this list down to a top 20, let alone rank them, always a monumental task. So I'm sorry if your fave didn't stand out amidst the crowd. Nothing personal, I'm trying to be pretty objective here about the quality of these releases. I'm not coming for your faves or whatever. So please bear that in mind. This was a very hard list to narrow down, but I tried my best and gave a ton of other acts shoutouts in the honorable mention section at the end, so stay tuned for that. Without further ado, let's start this countdown with number 20. Mama Doll with Wua Hip. Okay, first, I'm going to be completely, completely honest with you. My first impression was that this was intended to be like a parody group, a comedy thing, or just a tribute group, but not like its own original thing. Because think about it, you have Mama Doll, which seems to take from the band name Mamamoo, singing a song called Wua Hip, which combines Wua, the name of a K-pop girl group, with Hip, the name of a Mamamoo single. So I was like, wait, is this a, a mashup, a mixed parody, a Mamamoo tribute, a Wua remix, both? I was very confused about what they were really going for, just hearing about it. Really wish they would have picked a different song title and group title. But please forgive me because I do commend this project. The song is this house pop jam. The video has this really cool choreography. Each of the women looks super fierce. The biggest allure to me of this was how they formed. From the reality show Mama the Idol, you weren't eligible to be on Mama the Idol unless you had at least 2,000 fan club members and over 20,000 social media followers. And of course, as you would guess from the title, you had to be a mom now. So these first and second gen, late 90s, early 2000s debut women were having like a big comeback moment. Comeback in the Western meaning of the word too, after a break from the spotlight to prove they've still got it. And I love that message of, hey, we're not has-beens once we are entering our 30s and 40s. Come on, people. We're still young and thriving, and talent doesn't expire, people. Coolness doesn't expire. They're the cool moms, but for real, they are. Motherhood doesn't take away their beauty, their charm, their talent, nor does aging. I will say there's an interesting element to this comeback that we could probably spend like 10 more minutes unpacking, which we won't, but I'm just saying it's interesting because they are young looking. Their massive success of this comeback single simultaneously proves you can be a mom, you can age, and still have the it factor, and still have that popularity you had when you were younger. And youth is a huge asset in any part of the entertainment industry in any country. And you're often seen as getting disposable, especially in music, by like age 30. 
So their success here is interesting, not just for what it represents, but the fact that they prove you can, prove you still got it, and talent has no expiration date. But at the same time, I just wonder if the success of Mama Doll proving that would have been possible for a group of people who looked older, whether they were or not. They range from 32 to 42. None of them, I don't think, look in that age range. They all look pretty young. So anyway, it's just interesting because I wonder if this type of Mama the Idol group could form again. This was meant to be a one-off, one-song project group, which is disappointing, but hopefully a new Mama doll emerges, a new season of the show is held, and maybe it uplifts and challenges ageist assumptions about performers that are older than that, even just by a little, or look older at least. So the concept and its important social message could have gone farther. But all to say, this release really is commendable, and these women do still got it. Number 19. Rocking Doll with Heart Rider. Okay, full disclosure, I really enjoyed my interview with them, which is in the interview section of 17karatkpop.weebly.com, as well as on howtostand.substack.com. It's a free post for all to access. Anyway, I had to get that out of the way. But I really did even further grow my admiration for them through talking with them because they really are going through some really interesting music video world building that's so underrated to me. Like, this is the stuff of webtoons, of K-dramas, of web series of other kinds, I don't know, something big. They've got this cool alien, fairy, intergalactic, planetary warrior concept set to the tune of what sounds like kind of cute computer game music. I mean that as a great compliment. But yeah, each character has this origin story owning a different planet. And they broke down the meanings of their different planets and their own superpowers that come from being charged, essentially, by those planets. They talk about that in my interview with them. So be sure to check that out and keep your eyes on them. Number 18. L-E-I-L-L with Palette. We've talked about her several times before, especially on Best J-Pop Roundup episodes. She continues that doo-woppy retro flair, as well as a more acoustic vibe on other tracks. Kind of goes back and forth between the guitar-driven stuff and the retro, danceable stuff. And this album does include a lot of those previous singles, but she also just does some unexpected new stuff. Like on my favorite, Tade no Gyaru, which is this surprising rap hip-hop-ish pivot for her. So she definitely shows off her many true colors, as the title palette would suggest. Number 17. Yoshiki Izaki, with a new album, I Love Me. Super fast-paced, so it's like you're listening and you're on the sonic roller coaster, this big rush, forgetting which track you're on in the list because they all just, one slides into the next one really fast. The transitions are just instantaneous. So it's just a really fun, fast-paced rap slash pop slash rock slash EDM collection. Some bits of noise music as well. It starts off perfectly. This really hard EDM beat starts it off, gets your attention. The hard bass continues into B. His rapping steals the show on Like Me. Iconic. That song really goes hard. And it actually would not sound too out of place mashed together with Icon by Jaden Smith. So garage band nerds, enjoy that assignment. 
The song Running, which is also the single, gives me some tamed, dashed, and hyphen vibes. Just hear me out. Just hear the song. Watch the concave lens shot filled video. You can see slight tamed, dashed vibes throughout the sound and look of Running. It can't just be me that hears that and sees that. Anyway, if the rap and EDM are not for you, I suggest checking out Need You, which ends the album on the most down the middle of the pop songs. Also, Fukenko Life is the most Jay Park-esque of the tracks, so do with that info what you will. Number 16. Han Soon Yoon, Lavender. Honestly, my only one main complaint with this release is just that autocorrect drives me crazy every time I type lavender and try to keep it that way. But other than that, really just stellar release, no skippable tracks, a nice short and sweet EP, perfect for a road trip, a night at home, anytime you just need a little bit of time to recharge by listening to music. I love a good rock ballad. I love a good synthy song. I love a classic acoustic sound. This album has all of that. Led into by In This Moment, the perfect album intro to kick off the action. Best of these songs is definitely Moondriver, but I would also say Problem is a good one, particularly for people who like Love Cut by Sea and Blue. I get echoes of Love Cut in Problem. Number 15. MC Sniper with the new single Love Burnout. A perfectly timed release right around Valentine's Day. The best way I can describe the vibe is like a blue song, B-L-O-O, only happier. More a beat tone, but still kind of a blue sound. Blue the person. So fans of blue, go check out this song. Love Burnout tells a very goofy story, so MC Sniper isn't even one of the main characters in the video. He's in the separate room, performing the song while just being super goofy and improving, looking like he's hanging out in the supply closet of a drama club or something. Meanwhile, the main couple in the video are just being super low-key but cute. The girl keeps doing stuff that annoys this guy to no end. Little things, like beating him at games, and he just looks worn out by the end of the day. Like, love is exhausting, hence the name Love Burnout. It's a really cute song and video about the things you do for love and admitting, hey, it's way more than the cutesy moments. It's exhausting, too. It's emotionally draining to be in a relationship. I wouldn't have it any other way. It's worth the downsides. But the downsides are there, and he dresses them in a really fun, comical, relatable way. Number 14. Vivi's with the new mini-album, Beam of Prism. This is a new group consisting of three former G-Friend members, so it's interesting because the video and album have a few moments that are very reminiscent of G-Friend. Hints of classic G-Friend, but they're also very much a new thing. This is definitely not a G-Friend album. This is a Vivi's album, a new thing. But also still, I think, one of the longtime fans of G-Friend ought to be open to. Each member says they want a different color to represent themselves in Vivi's, purple, blue, and red. And you can definitely see those different colors come out of them throughout the songs. And honestly, I prefer the B-sides. Tweet, tweet should have been the title track. There, I said it. The girls actually settled on Bop Bop after a lot of back and forth. They had a hard time deciding on the final choice for a title track, and I can see why, because the B-sides really are equally worthy of considering. As for the video, there's a funny back and forth. One setting's like this aquarium-themed cafe where they throw a party. 
The other is like a mini space station command center where explosions go off and the girls couldn't care less. I guess their rockets were destroyed in the explosion. So instead they go to outer space via glass elevator a la Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Just very quirky and memorable, which is what you want in a debut release. And they nailed this one. Number 13. Billy with their new mini album, The Collective Soul and Unconscious, Chapter 1. Billy continue to be a group I am really keeping my eyes on. I think they have a really unique format to their music in addition to the substance. You might remember when I talked about their last comeback with Snowy Night, how they had that cute abominable snowman misadventure and moments where it feels like they thought it was just a dream. Their interesting storytelling continues, and Snowy Night I also mentioned earlier in a previous episode how it's it's got a very unique format, almost like it's a pop-up book or a stop-motion animation movie. It's just very unconventional, but it's very intriguing what they're trying to do with this this world building. And I'm a sucker for the Carl Jung quote I've mentioned time and time again on this show, actually, because it's referenced in Carl Jung's thoughts and philosophies in general have been a go-to for BTS, NCT, etc. This new Billy video starts with a quote from him. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. That's kind of what this video shows. A bunch of stuff that feels like it belongs in a dream, your unconscious mind when you're sleeping, is suddenly really happening. If you had to pay someone a dollar every time something bizarre and question-prompting happened on screen throughout this video, you would be broke. There is a giant present, a life-size gift box that is like a secret tunnel that leads to an exit through like a bottomless suitcase like some sort of magic trick. There's a bed where when one of them falls back into it, she sinks through the bed into like this topsy-turvy world. There's a giant baseball that grows an evil face, glowing red eyes. There's like a businessman version of the headless horseman, only the head is floating above the body and the head is that evil baseball. There's a typewriter. Once you press the question mark button, you cause this giant one-eyed rabbit to show up who wears a beaded necklace with each bead on the necklace consisting of like a planet that the girls were sitting on before. Yeah, everything is like Wonderland on steroids. Beyond the confusing in a very entertaining way, this video also stands out to me just because it also is just aesthetically pretty. This shot of a girl in a bedroom shows this really pretty, colorful stained glass painted window. The big roomy place where they find the baseball head dude in the giant rabbit has an aesthetic palette to it. There's this paint splatter coated room like a work of abstract art. Really, it just is very visually engaging. And although you really should check out the whole mini-album, this title track was definitely meant to be the title track. Very catchy hook. By the way, I maybe didn't even mention the title track and video I'm talking about is Ginga Mingyo, The Strange World. Sorry, I was caught up on the Carl Jung quote and being a philosophy nerd about the reference. I was so excited to see it. Number 12. Yon Yon, featuring Han Yohan, dying every second. First of all, let me be one of the tens of people in the world to give the Sun Heart Murmur the praise it deserves. I was so excited. This new video is split into Chapter 1 and 2, and Heart Murmur is the soundtrack of Chapter 2. The new song is part of Chapter 1. 
and I'm so excited for new Yuan Yuan fans to check out the criminally underrated Heart Murmur alongside the new song. It is just such a great electro-rock-pop jam. It just does what it had to do, as does this new song. Yanyan and Han Yohan's musical vibes were just made for each other. A perfect match. And we have to talk about this video because it's this really cool intergalactic story. Starts out on a spaceship, this high-speed car ride, but the second half is also just super cool and reminds me of why I'm so proud to have been keeping tabs on Yanyan's career since early days. She just is so cool. You'll see why I call her Avril Lavigne meets Charlie XCX. She is so cool. So punk meets electronic pop queen fierceness. And her style is everything. So the first half is like an action movie. But if that's not for you, stay tuned for the second half of the video to just see her stellar sense of fashion. Number 11. Ho with his new album, Obsession. The B-side for the single album, Somebody is equally powerful, but really Eye on You was the right choice for a single. I love this new house music sound of his. It's very powerful, and the instrumental is just so in your face. It just suits his muscular, can't-miss presence really well. As does his outfit. Props to the stylist. He's got the shirt on that looks like his upper body is just coated in tattoos. And it stands out too amid all black outfits on the backup dancers. The video aesthetically is also really smartly done to make certain things stand out, like how there are scenes with it's mostly black and white, but the chains, the threads crisscrossed everywhere are bright red. Even the pops of color help tell the story. Also, I want to say that he dances in shallow water in one scene, and that made me so nostalgic for Monster X's alligator era. Pretty sure that was just a coincidence, but I wanted to bring that up nonetheless. I cannot be the only one whose mind went there. Number 10. A-Pink with their new album, Horn. A-Pink worked on their new video for Dilemma with the team behind I'm So Sick, and it shows. That's a very good thing. It's just elegant, glamorous, so much gold and silver jewelry, rhinestones, fancy makeup, sparkles, tall gold boots that are just to die for, beautiful dresses, a prom catalog, basically. Even the decor is stunning. The paint-splattered walls just are very artistic, and even just their dress colors. They each wear different bright colors to stand out. Aesthetically, just really well curated. And the album itself is really nice. It mixes things up a little, but is very much in a pink album again. The best are probably the unit songs, Nothing in Red Carpet, and the celebratory Free and Love. And just like this is R&B, but to me it also kind of has a dash of sad Big Bang energy. Like, you know, Big Bang has the party energy and then the sad energy. It's in the sad version of Big Bang's work. It's in that route. I mean, this is a compliment. Also, just shout out to all the members who took part in writing lyrics for this release. Number 9. Vivian Sue with the new single, Vivialand. Side note, as of recording time, the plan is still for her to drop the Vivialand album this May, so get excited for that. Second of all, this song is so rich, the instrumentals are so well done, well layered, interesting detours in there, like the rap-ish line delivery in the second verse. It has the feel kind of of a, a party scene that got put in slow motion, like it's time for your walking tour, alongside Vivian as she walks through this artsy museum of sorts. 
It really is a sight to behold this video, not just because she has this gorgeous outfit and braid, but also has very artsy displays she walks around. Different rooms that play with the architecture, the statues, the lighting, the color schemes, shadows, all to make the full room as a whole look like the art exhibit. Like there's this tiny hourglass at the foot of what looks like kind of a faux hourglass that's as tall as the building, and there's a hole in the ceiling that continuously rains sand like a never-ending hourglass, long after the tiny one runs out. Then there's the room where, concerningly, a dude is upside down, but his shadow is interesting. It kind of forms like, to me, it looks like a rabbit head. His shadow forms something intentionally different than a human. So maybe he was an art thief. I don't know. Even the backup dancers add to the art of it all. The way they're spread out across this, like, white terrace, this white painted outdoor place, the way they're spread out, they look like zoomed out just black dots with their all-black outfits amid this white building. It's just... Visually, I think cinematography buffs need to analyze this video. Art critics should analyze it. It's just so much more than the surface level. Number eight. Stacy with the new album, YoungLove.com. First of all, what a perfect, perfectly timed Valentine's Day release. Just super pink and adorable and love-themed and just super cute. It also, to me, solidified this pop princess vibe of Stacy. And listening to I Want You Baby especially gave me this odd moment of looking into the future. Hard to explain why, but something about that song made me picture how people will talk about Stacy to future generations. You know, like when your mom will tell you, yeah, I used to be obsessed with that group. I was rocking out to insert song title here all the time. That was my jam. I played it at sleepovers. I did my makeup to it, whatever. I just had a flash of being like, yes, Stacy, we're so iconic. I want you, baby, was it. So I'm just speaking that thought into existence. I do think Stacy could have a lasting impression in the world of K-pop. They have a lot of charisma and cuteness, which they show throughout this album. Young Love is a cool, synthy take on a more emotional song. And this deep bass kind of underlies every track, but it goes surprisingly well with their relatively high-pitched voices. So it's a nice, cohesive, but eccentric mix of vibes on this album. In this video, my gosh, is it adorable. Their outfits are so cute, and the settings are just eye-poppingly adorable. <laughs> this pink subway car, even the damage is cute. Like the holes in the walls that are heart-shaped, and the explosion that turns out to be pink confetti. They dance in front of this heart-shaped structure, lots of light pink and blue tones, this pastel stripe lining the wall. One girl stands in a room with a bunch of rows of vertical displays of pastel flowers hanging from the ceiling. Another girl is in a room where it's a similar display, only instead of flowers, it's silver beads, basically. Just really, mean. a lot of time went into the set design. And at one point, the setting looks like they're dancing in front of the Bonnie and Clyde curtain from DeVita's music video, so keep your eyes out for that. And then they end the video just when I'm thinking, okay, this could not get any cuter or more likable. They end the video running up to hug the camera. Number seven. Kumi Koda with her versatile new album, Heart. 
The rap and R&B and hip-hop influences really are definitely woven throughout this work, sometimes more overtly, sometimes more of an undercurrent, but you definitely get the hip-hop inspiration throughout the album, and especially on Bow Wow, which kicks off the album with a very high-energy start. Sure Shot has a similar vibe, goofy slapstick, comic book graphic-filled, memorable boxing match from Comedy Central or something. Then there's a, the more pop-leaning Atlas, which has that la-la-la, catchy pop chorus, but again, is still very clearly hip-hop influenced. I also like the other singles on this album. One of those singles, Four More, shows a really great summary of who she is as an artist because it shows the quirky Kumikoda and the sultry Kumikoda back and forth. So in some scenes, she's acting mature, sultry, in this long purple dress, and in other scenes, she's in this feathery, quirky, baby pink dress, just posing and being goofy. So she's both mature and immature, contemplative and silly throughout these music videos and songs. And then she taps into her more sentimental side on ballads like, I apologize if I mispronounce this, I'm trying really hard, 100 Noko Dokutachi. It's a beautiful video, visually and lyrically. It's a great song. As all these different characters stop to stare up at the same beautiful starry sky, Kumikoda singing about, I don't have answers for you. I don't have advice for you. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to comfort you. But what I can guarantee you is I will try. And I will always be here to support you, reaching out my hand, reminding you that we are not alone in this world. Perfect example of that is by seeing we share the same sky and the same stars. Really sweet. So yeah, it goes from off-the-rails slapstick humor to very deep and emotional real fast. Personally, just subjectively though, I think the best song is Anemone. Number six, Jamie with Pity Party. My favorite Jamie song besides this is April Fool's. And the video was just so wild to me, but funny. Where she gets revenge on this dude in the most extra way possible. Just so bizarre and cinematic in her expression of maybe a little worry about getting caught, but more just banal feelings, the neutralness. I don't know, there's just some dark humor in it. And that vengeful, conscienceless persona is back in Pity Party, where she basically puts something in this guy's drink, causing him to lose an eyeball. Then she forces him to sign a contract. Who knows what that was about? She's just very in charge here. Plus, the video is just super fun. Zombie vibes with the bleeding brain as the main course of the dinner. She's got this Monster High-esque wardrobe, a retro dance pop sound. It's just so much fun, and I love that she just made it literal for once. Like, we always talk about throwing ourselves pity parties or knowing someone in our lives who throws themselves a pity party, but she made that not just an expression. She literally has a party and relishes in this persona and sense of just sureness in herself, not being in the wrong. I just love her confidence when she's saying, you know, all my exes say I'm really toxic. Kind of true, though. I'm a bit chaotic. Plus, she's got a great attitude, sending all the way down. Now the only way is up. And what better way to come up from a low point in your life than with a pity party? Number five. Sorn, with her first new single under her new company, Sharp Objects. First of all, this is way more interesting, frankly, and cool than Run. 
run was just okay. Wasn't incredibly impressed like I am for sharp objects. This is really the unfiltered, truly 100% authentic Sorn. And I'm so happy for her sake that she has a company now who's going to let her indulge in this darker persona. Musically, it really suits her. This new synth-pop sound of hers suits her voice. The edgy, sassy, tongue-in-cheek lyrics suit her. The frickin' Euphoria vibes suit her so well. Doesn't her look with the, the choker, the dark lipstick, the all-black outfit, and even just the settings with when she's twirling around in the bathroom in front of the mirror, surrounded by mannequins, there's something about the overall vibe, the lighting, the outfit in this video that is just the biggest Euphoria vibe for me. She looks like she walked right off the set of Euphoria, I'm just saying. And I think the parallel to Euphoria I also bring up because it kind of has that feel of why am I mesmerized? The sense that it's not even about plot or the lyrics and the analogy being the TV lines in the plots in the show, but it seems like the big draw-in is aesthetic. It's just this immersive viewing experience. And I had that same captivated feeling watching the Sharp Objects video. It's a spectacle, an event. Number four, Davida, with her new album, American Gothic. She could totally sing a whole freaking encyclopedia cover to cover, and I would be enthralled. Her voice is just that wonderful. But this release also is just extraordinary for the visual element of her storytelling. As of recording time, the two main videos that accompany this release have some interesting connections if you get the reference. So, first of all, there's Eat Your Heart Out Buddy Kane, which starts with the narration, quote, I've already decided I'll take this moment with me wherever I go. It's not about whether you loved me or not. It's about how I changed throughout the years and you stayed the same. And did it ever occur to you who I was at the time and who I wanted to be? Did you ever think about that? It doesn't even matter anymore. I've already won. She then proceeds to walk down this road she laid a trail of red roses on. Then she goes back to this bedroom. Red flower petals rain down, and the second they hit her dress, they turn into bloodstains, or look like it. So just visually very interesting. Now Buddy Kane is a reference to a character in American Beauty. He's this character who has this affair with a married woman. And the person he has an affair with has this famous line, as long as there can be roses, all is well. Actually, fun fact, American Beauty is a type of rose. It was first named in the 1870s, although back then it kind of went by a different name, technically, but the American Beauty rose is a real thing. Anyway, the thing I think we are supposed to focus on is how American Beauty did a lot with color symbolism and rose symbolism. The color red representing all sorts of positive stuff, things with positive connotations throughout most of the movie. Desire, individuality, bold, forthrightness, etc. But then at the end, there's a plot twist and blood spatters are what the color red is associated with. Violence, gore, a tragedy. And this reversal of meaning is part of DeVita's videos too. Not just because in the Buddy Kane video, the red roses turn into bloodstains on impact, basically. But also, suddenly, bloodstains the curtains after the theater production is over in the Bonnie and Clyde video. The Bonnie and Clyde video tells an interesting story where DeVita is both the performer and the single audience member, who goes from loving the show to shooting at the stage. You have to see it to really get it. 
But yeah, it's interesting how this whole spectacle in both videos has parallels to American Beauty, which is ambiguous. People have debated about its true interpretations forever. And that debate about what the film is really trying to say what it really stands for, what it is representing, that conversation can also be had about DeVita's work, which is what I think is so cool about art, is the different ways people take it and assign their own meaning to it. Number three, Taeyeon with INVU. First of all, no judgment here. Raise your hand if you thought at first this album was pronounced INVU. It's okay, I did too. And then I felt really dumb. It is pronounced I-N-V-U, which I think is a really clever name, but it may not have been the name of the album at first, because actually Taeyeon had to vouch for it to be the title track. Her company was not so sure that was the right choice, but I think it was. The best B-side, Cold as Hell. Excellent production. But she also dabbles in disco pop, an R&B ballad, some up-tempo and low-tempo stuff. She's got range, and the songs are very emotionally dense, and she's got this beautiful voice, so what's not to love? There are a lot of lyrics throughout this album that definitely tie back to the broader SMCU themes I dove into in the episode called Espa in Kwanya 101, talking about trying to reconnect with your inner child, fearing the passage of time and how fast it goes, reflecting on past, present, and future, dealing with what's a dream versus what's reality, different levels of consciousness, all of that stuff we talked about before. And some of the lyrics that stood out to me in light of those themes include a night that don't interrupt a long dream, let the memories go on, and let the days go on and on. In Toddler, from the moment I stopped believing in Santa, did time go by so fast? It's the same day as yesterday. I'm slowly getting tired of it. Like fairy tales, I believed there were only happy endings. Still dreaming like a child. The little girl remains. In cold as hell. Why are you still here? Trapped in the time that has already ended. A pond that has lost all memories. In timeless, like an old song that lingers in my memory. I will never forget everything. We are so timeless. In no love again. It's just a midday dream, only a fantasy that will disappear. Then, of course, if you checked out that other episode, this will be like, ding, 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 your theories are right on point. In ending credits, let the passing time pass. In this theater, I stayed and kept my spot. A movie that has been repeated countless times. I'll leave now to find my story again. Ending credits, etc. And she further clarifies her role in the SMCU what themes and theories from the SMCU she's going to focus on in her subsection of the cinematic music video universe through the video for INVU. She literally shoots the moon. She does not miss Indolene Among the Stars, because she is one already, so it doesn't matter. But anyway, she's got her bow and arrow. She seems like an ethereal, goddess-like creature. This superpower-filled pixie of sorts. It's really hard to explain. But she's also in a video with all these rotating big metal balls that I've said in previous SMCU recaps are a recurring symbol as well as the full moon and the arrows that I've seen in so many previous SM Entertainment videos. For Super M, NCT's Black on Black, tons of XO's work, etc. Plus, she has some scenes in this desert that looks like the desert from the SMCU origin story video. Just saying. 
And then the video ends zooming out so it looks like all the action took place inside a frame of some kind. Inside like a picture frame or a mirror. The type of what's real and what's not inception type complication in a lot of tainment videos and other ones. So the connections are all over the place. But if you don't want to really dive into the easter eggs and analyze this stuff like nerds like me do, you can still just enjoy the aesthetically beautiful video. Gorgeous silver hair, beautiful outfits, beautiful gold, glittery makeup, hair and spo for days, it's all there. Number 2. Epic High with Epic High is Here Part 2. I really delved into the best and the funniest and the most clever of the lyrics throughout this album on the episode called Epic High is Still Here, so be sure to check that out for a thorough rundown. And so on this episode, I will just say, once again, really great job. They managed to be very specifically Epic High, revisiting the same symbols, themes, feelings again and again, but always in brand new ways. And not just in new ways, but in new ways with different reasons to be impressed. So it's not just like they find constantly new ways to joke about it or to talk about it with deep metaphors, but both and then some. So for example, one minute they're just being kind of tongue-in-cheek, like saying failure is the mother of success, my success is an orphan. And then there are other times where they have a lyric like in Family Portrait that I'm still thinking about and hit by really hard. The empty seat is louder than the sound of laughter. So they talk about loss and grief, but also confidence to deal with it. So again, their lyricism impresses not for one reason, but for so many. Poeticness and for just the comedy of it all. A couple fun facts about this album. Gray So Gray, the rough translation to the romanization of the song title is Just Because. And so that's interesting because the song is about this natural instinct humans seem to have to just say I'm fine, all is well, and not talk about heavy content. Just go about our days, faking it till you make it, smiles on our faces, and just languishing. So just it is what it is, that just because attitude is, it translates. Another interesting thing is, Epic High reiterated in a recent interview, they approach casting for music videos like a casting director approaches movies and TV shows. So if they can't find the perfect person for the role, they scrap the project. So it just makes me wonder which songs of theirs they tried to cast for and couldn't find the right person. And that's the reason why we didn't get a music video for them. Very curious now. But anyway, for Rosario, they were reflecting, I know this is from part one, not part two, but anyway, quote, we needed two characters who embody pain and glory and are kings and queens, almost royal in how they've overcome hardship. We found that in Zico and Ciel. Just think it's really interesting to think about their process and how meticulous they are and how much they care which is why their career longevity is so warranted. Drumroll, please. Best release of February 2022. Millet with her sophomore album, Visions. If you are a longtime listener, you know Millet is truly one of my favorite artists of all time, favorite Japanese artist, favorite female solo artist, aside from Jill and Sai. She is just remarkable. A beautiful, raw, gripping voice powerful storytelling ability and she always alternates between these breathtaking ballads and these just empowering and fun up-tempo jams 
Both her works as a whole and each song individually in her discography capture so much emotion, so many different feelings, passions. She's just a remarkable storyteller. I have a lot more to say about her in this stellar album and all the reasons why it is exceptional to me and tells an interesting story in reverse. You'll see what I mean. On an upcoming piece for my Substack, I'll make it free to all to access, so just get a free subscription plan if you want, but be sure to sign up not to miss it at howtostand.substack.com. And yes, I will have a write-up there reviewing everything else, but that written piece at the end will just say stay tuned when you get to number one, because I do have a separate essay just for Millet's incredible album. Let's pivot to honorable mentions now. Be to be, be together. They've really found this perfect groove, this ebb and flow from slow to faster songs. So they go from low tempo to mid tempo and back again, like perfectly in the line ocean waves. Whenever it starts feeling a little slow and frankly boring, the next track wakes you up. Whiskey and Higher are probably the best examples of that. The tracklist order was really well chosen. This super, super cool female rock band, Rolling Courts, has a new EP out called Fighting. The Dreamcatcher sound is obvious and intentional. Actually, the two groups' video directors talk a lot. Dreamcatcher's agency was heavily involved in the last Rolling Courts music video making process. So that's cool to see. They're kind of a Dreamcatcher tribute band mixed with just a group doing their own thing. They've got the coolest sense of style, a cool dark magic-themed music video, and just... I love seeing the all-too-rare female band where they each play their own instruments and embrace a rock sound, in the world of K-pop especially. J-pop boy band One and Only have a new album out, Young Blood. The tracks that deserve a shout-out the most are What's Your Favorite, I Love the Bass in That, and then Focus, which is bass, synth, brass, all colliding, string flourishes in there. Focus is a bit of everything, ironically. If you like Han Soon-yeon's release that I talked about earlier, you will like Kim Jung-hook's new album. It's cohesive, short but sweet rock music. Spelled Kim, J-E-O-N-G underscore U-K, by the way. Solji from EXID has a new single out, Fade Away, a powerful K-drama-esque song. Not just her vocal delivery, but her vocal control remains enviable. Naturally, she is a vocal coach. The plot follows this really adorable yet cheesy meet-cute with eyes locking after they both reach for the same cup of coffee. Then they end up just sharing the drink with different straws in the same glass. It's just so cute. Rocket Punch is back with Yellow Punch. It really suits them to keep up this disco pop sound of the Ring Ring era. Just suits them really well. I hope they stay in this direction. They also make things always fun. Like, their version of a ballad on this album is still somehow bouncy, pun intended, and upbeat. Plus the song Louder is, that is an energy boost. Salem Elise partnered up with Yeonjun and Taehyun of TXT on the song PS5, which is so funny. She actually previously worked on Anti-Romantic and reached out again about this, which they do end up being a good fit for. It's funny because her verse is her singing about telling her dude, it's near the PS5, pick one, you are acting like you're more in love with the PS5 than me. And really punny lyrics like, you've been gone for a fortnight, in lyrics that I like, like can't win if the prize is wasted time, 
Then TXT's verse is the begging and pleading, don't make me choose, it's not what you think, promising to make things better. The new album from Mondo Grosso, Big World, kind of does what Raiden's album did, where it's giving musicians a template to work with and then just letting them do their thing. Highlighting what a bunch of different artists do well, giving them each a time to shine, and then taking a backseat to just kind of let the collaborators do their thing. That's what that album seems to do too. No Knock, N-O-N-O-C, has a new mini album, Change. It's piano-led with funky synths that go in and out. The second song kind of reminds me of Every Day I Love You, Every Day I Need You by Luna in the beginning. Just hear me out, try it, see for yourself. Rumble G have a new mini album called Dear Hope. Stellar album title, couldn't have picked a better one. But also I love that they're not just down the middle K-pop, they're definitely more dancey K-E-D-M, really. Speaking of electronic excellence, Ravi's new album, Love and Fight, is him doing what he does best, artfully electronifying his voice, working well with pop-punk influences. The best track is definitely Warrior. Eerie, I-R-I, has a new album out, Neon. Some songs on it, like Darling, are very vibey, rather than melody-driven. Just very vibe-focused, in a way I think Western radio would like the most, if it gave any of this music a chance. Yukika and Kim Mijun sing Moonset together in this adorable setting, the cutest bedroom, complete with Care Bears, and wear adorable outfits. And more cuteness is on the collab between Hain and Siwoo, Lovely Lonely Island. It's a really adorable and colorful but quite confusing music video. Telling the story of a girl who, I guess in her water glass, is a mermaid who bursts into the real world. Then the real world just sort of starts filling up with water. So to get to the cafe, she rides a flamingo float. Eventually, she ends up befriending the mermaid who was in her water earlier. They sit down in the cafe together to chat. Look, you just have to watch it. Also cute and quirky, Roundabout by Yana Jinaji. Your eyes kind of go on this visual train ride through an animated city, taking a scenic route through lots of colorful settings and the adorable video to go with the Peaches remix from Kai. That video has the most adorable teddy bear as the main character. 015B's latest single is with Kim Jae-woo. It's called Poco. It's very retro and fun. A super great song just for shimmying, dancing around a room as you do chores or whatever, is Thumbnail by Ragoon and Marshall. Chang Kihan's new song, Envy Nun, is worth checking out. It's like the spaceship soundtrack for a rapper. So it's like atmospheric, spaceship-esque, vibey, but kind of hip-hop. It's very odd, but I like it. My First Story has a new song, Dreaming of You, which is definitely lighter fare for them. So if you think their growly stuff is too much for you, not into it, Dreaming of You will appease fans of their more pop-based work. San Suu has a new single, Love Me or Hate Me, which is this pop-punk jam that has a vocal filter reminding me of Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo, We Love. Moonbin and Sanha's pre-release single, Ghost Town, definitely gives me untitled 2014 music video energy. Which is a good thing, you know that's one of my favorite songs of all time. Not in the song, but in the video, it gives me that G-Dragon, untitled 2014 feeling. It got me nostalgic, okay? 
Yuno's new Japanese EP is really well done, worth checking out, but I think the new single, Dilemma, is just the biggest bop, way better than any other song, frankly, on that album. Dilemma is where it's at. The remastered version of H.O.T.'s Aya video is here. Make sure you check that out. It did get me very nostalgic and really reminding me that that song is really well done. Amber Lou has a new album out, Z! Exclamation point. Smooth vocals as always, which particularly shine on Don't Dance, which is ironically the biggest bop on there, and the acoustic song Lately. Lastly, and I'm still freaking out about this, Vernon hopped on a remix of Beg For You by Charlie XCX and Rina Sawayama. And now A.G. Cook as well, who is like a freaking pioneer in the world of dance pop production, EDM, electronic music. So to have Vernon get to dip his toes into that with one of the best and brightest in the game, and with some of my pop queens, I was freaking out. I can't believe this happened. It's also so cool and the epitome of Charlie XCX's appeal because she's so quick and responsive to what fans want and are looking for. Like she just heard in an interview because fans were circulating the quote online that Vernon wanted to work with her someday. And she put this together in no time at all compared to a lot of collabs. She just made it happen. Just that quick, on your feet, impulsive, let's do it energy, it's taken her very far. As for my favorite English releases of the month, Avril Lavigne is back with Love Sucks and It Rocks. I'm also really into Boyfriend, a song by Dove Cameron. The production is so rich. It is like, it's been called like a Bond theme song. And I get that. It's kind of cinematic in that way. So I get the comparison. It's just very well done. Very dramatic. Very her. Then there's an artist I did some press for on my site, Anna Sophia, and I genuinely did that press because I really do think she has big things ahead of her, or deserves to at least. She released this new song, Number 5, which is so hard to explain, you've just gotta check it out, but it's kind of like a mix of Billie Eilish meets, I don't even know, but meets something else that's very new and different. Just go check it out. It's called Number 5 by Anna Sophia. I do want to take a moment here to acknowledge some anti-honorable mentions that have been buzzed about in the K-pop world lately. First of all, I was so psyched to hear that Sky High, one of my J-pop faves, was teaming up with a K-pop fave of mine, Stray Kids. Really think highly of both acts. Was so psyched. Had no idea they even knew who each other were, that they were working on a song together called Just Breathe. I was so excited. And so I was honestly so let down by that song. It was just not it. Really hoping they work again together in the future, though, on something I like more. And then there's the new JYP girl group, NMIX. And their new video for OO has been dubbed by a lot of people online as the worst debut song of all time. So honestly, my first reaction was watching it and moving on to watching other videos, not thinking too much of it. Didn't care for it, but didn't think, ow, my ears. Then I was seeing all this negative publicity the song was getting online and people saying it was so bad. And I was thinking, come on, I don't think it was that bad. And so I went back to rewatch it, re-listen to it a couple times. And I was like, oh, I see what they're saying. I feel like this song had to be, it should be split up. It should have been the middle part given its own song and video, separate from the rest of the song. Because the transition is not there. 
It's the most jarring transition. And that lack of transition, that disjointedness, can ruin a song, even if you like everything else about it. It's kind of harsh, I think, to call any release the worst of all time, but I just feel like they should have stuck to more of a singular vibe than they did. This was very... They were going for so much at once. That's even just sonically. We haven't even talked about the video yet, which goes from hinting at some sort of high-speed car chase to an abandoned pirate ship scene, like a mystery movie of sorts, to an action movie of sorts with life-size dominoes, to wearing poofy dresses, dancing around a donut shop, and then floating away. One of the girls floats away and we never see her again. That's what it looks like. Floating jellyfish and a smiling pufferfish. I just have no idea what's going on. It's so much. I just think it needed to be ordered differently. Another thing here is, it reminded me of what I felt seeing Bugaboo's debut video, where it felt like a lot going on at once. But at least in that case, as jumbled as it may have come across, I also had some admiration for it, because they had like a, a Ghostbusters type plot. So it wasn't just chock full for the sake of being chock full. It actually had a purpose to its oddness. Things may have been executed not in the smoothest way, but at least they had that intent, plus the song did have a catchy hook. This, I just feel like it lacks a hook, and I would love for it to have been clear about what vibe it's going for. And I went to look up the lyrics, which gave me absolutely zero clarity about what vibe I'm going for. Am I supposed to feel inspired? Am I supposed to feel up for anything? Nervous? Happy? Sad? I'm just confused, so... That's just my caveat. I do kind of get where people are coming from. Again, I don't know if it's the worst, but I do hope their next song is more pointed in its storytelling. For their sake, too. I think, especially with their pre-debut stuff, I saw a lot of potential in them. And this song didn't really help show that potential the ways it could have. I would still keep your eyes on them. Give them more time to prove themselves to you, please. Before I go, your PSA of the week is to please consider supporting some of the organizations providing all sorts of support and material to the people of Ukraine, and particularly those who have fled due to war and are now refugees. Some accounts to follow include Voices of Children on Instagram, Voices underscore of underscore children, as well as Voices.org.ua backslash en for the English language page. You could also follow on Instagram at razom.4.ukraine dot four dot Ukraine or go to their website razom for Ukraine dot org. You could also support Choose Love. Choose Love is a great organization that helps refugees around the world. You could visit internationalmedicalcorps.org and unicef.org backslash Ukraine backslash en to see the English language page. I wish it could do more. All I can do is get the word out. But you can too. We all can. All right, that is all for today. Thank you guys so much. And I will talk to you all again super soon. And please rate and review this show if you haven't already. Bye, everyone.